Full Service Radio is proudly supported and hosted by Simplecast, the easiest way for a podcast creator to publish and distribute audio on the internet. For more information, visit Simplecast.com. Recorded live from the lobby of the Lion Hotel in Adams Morgan, Washington, D.C. Are you ready? Hey, everybody. Hey, folks. Hello, everybody. People in the back! Welcome, everybody! Welcome to the Inner Loop. Welcome, everybody. Welcome to the Inner Loop. Without further ado. Without further ado. Okay, so without further ado, we're gonna get started. We should get started. We're yeah. Rolling. I'm rolling. We're, we're, we're Welcome to the Interloop Radio, broadcasting live on full service radio from the Line Hotel in Adams Morgan, Washington, D.C. I'm Rachel Coons. And I'm Courtney Sexton. Thank you for joining us. If you haven't already, remember to subscribe to our podcast wherever you stream from. And for all of our loyal listeners out there, don't forget to leave us a review telling the world how much you love us. And for any new listeners out there here on the Interloop Radio, we delve into all things creative writing whether that be inspiration or craft, what makes a great ghost story, or how to construct the perfect sonnet, or just how we all sit down each day in front of an empty page. We play clips of local writers reading their work at our monthly reading series, and we invite a few of those writers to join our discussion. On today's show, we want to get closure as we're approaching the end of 2019 and the end of another season of The Inner Loop the end of a decade a decade it's true (laughs) the end of the teens (laughs) we've all been there you're devouring a book racing through the pages can't wait to get to the end you're reading it on the train in the bathroom walking down the street as you bump into passers-by or trip over sidewalk obstacles and when you finally get to that last page disappointment (laughs) really that's the worst that ending sucked and you're totally deflated maybe it felt forced or anticlimactic or abrupt and unsatisfying all you know is that the whole book that you poured all this energy to (laughs) into feels pointless now (laughs) so worst feeling ever as writers how do we avoid such a fate for our books how do we find that perfect ending to get to that question why don't we talk about different kinds of endings well, there's the surprise twist. Ooh, surprise twist. My favorite. Right? Just kidding, not my favorite. I know, not mine either. <laughs> I'm like, I wanna be I wanna be taken on the journey and kind of have a general, like kind of just slow burn to the end and feel complete. Right? Yeah, me too. Me too. I love the slow burn. Um, I also I mean I've I've read a bunch of different endings, which I'm gonna also share with our listeners. Um, but there's, of course, the classic. The one I think is the most common is the metaphorical image. You yeah, end on a metaphorical right. image. I um, love that so one. You seem bored by that. on boats against the current. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> right, it Precisely. sticks with you. I get it. I get it. <laughs> Why? What, what's your preference? Um, just, just real. Like, just give it to me straight. You know, I like a, and so it goes. Oh, you see, like a Faulkner Just, just, oh, give, me, just give it to me, okay. <laughs> you know? No, because like, it, 
I appreciate just it to me. <laughs> <laughs> I appreciate the image that sticks. I do, and and those are obviously the things that we all remember and can quote and 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 makes you, know, you go. Oh. <laughs> um, but really, I think it should be more more of that like final oomph and and instead more of just a culmination, like something that just feels like yes, and of course that is the end. There could be no other end. Yes, I I believe when I asked our, our guest to be on the show, which where she's going to join us shortly, I, I told her all of her endings are always perfect, and she jumped in and said, inevitable. <laughs> They're yes. supposed to be inevitable. Yes. Um, and I was like, oh, obviously you have the perfect word for perfect <laughs> endings. <laughs> it's true, though. It's true. You you want something to feel... I don't know. Some Some people like that feeling of... Oh, that wasn't what I was expecting. Yeah, or some endings do kind of like leave you unsatisfied, but it's purposeful. Right, they're like... And it's in keeping with the rest of this, with right. the theme of, right. of the story. Like nothing else about this was satisfying, but it was real? Yeah. <laughs> what is that? <laughs> Life Actually, is one big metaphor? <laughs> <laughs> Actually, that reminds me of um, the Hemingway ending, ending I picked out. Let's hear it. You, do you like The Sun Also Rises? It's not my favorite of him. I know, because you not. don't like I do, No, I do. <laughs> that is not true at all. Um, I uh, like Hemingway a lot, and that's just not one of my favorites. But but anyway, speaking of unsatisfying, yes. or unsatisfying being the theme. And but this I mean, is yeah, that is totally the point of the whole story. It's like, it's just like, never release. Yeah. Never. Unrequited I'm not love. Even, I'm not going to get into it. So obviously reading these stories, the these penis endings. metaphors of having, I just can't, <laughs> not a happy Stop ending. That's all. That's all. This is NC whatever rated so R. Anyway, <laughs> cutting Courtney off here. Um, obviously reading these endings is not as satisfying as reading an entire book and then reading the ending, but you do get a sense, I think, of what, you know, of what the feeling that you got from the ending. So this is The Sun Also Rises. Oh, Jake, Brett said, we could have had such a damned good time together. Ahead was a mounted policeman in khaki directing traffic. He raised his baton. The car slowed, suddenly pressing Brett against me. Yes, I said, isn't it pretty to think so? Isn't it pretty? It's such a (laughs) cute little line, but it's like, it was so unsatisfying to me. I was Um. like, what? But then I thinking but about you think it more. About it, you're like, isn't it and pretty it's to right think on so. theme. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, isn't it cute? Like this whole yeah, thing you're like, we That's went cute. through. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was cute. Are you one of those people who reads the end before you've read the book? No. Okay. Only Kate does that. Was I, it Kate who does that? I don't remember. Are there people <laughs> out there who still do that? I imagine yes. there are, right? Yeah. yeah. Uh, Kate is the one who does. Our, our our resident slam poet is the one who goes and reads <laughs> the ending before she decides to read a book. Ah, oh, I don't know that I could do that. <laughs> um, here, I, ha- I have better ones. Do you have another yeah, one? Yeah, I All have. Right. This is much darker. It's from Ooh. The Coming of John by W.E.B. Du Bois. And uh, this... Uh, a slave has just killed his slave owner. Mm. Yeah, but this is so beautiful. Amid the trees in the dim morning twilight, he watched their shadows dancing and heard their horses thundering toward him until at last they came sweeping like a storm and he saw in front that haggard white-haired man whose eyes flashed red with fury. Oh, how he pitied him, pitied him, and wondered if he had the coiling twisted rope Then, as the storm burst around him, he rose slowly to his feet and turned his closed eyes toward the sea. 
and the world whistled in his ears. See, that's satisfying. It's beautiful. There's nothing unsatisfying. <laughs> it's perfect. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. I know. What do you even say about an ending like that? So do you find there's um, there's more pressure on the ending of like a short story or a poem versus a novel? Or do you think length has anything to do with the, the no, value? I was going to say yes. My of? knee-jerk reaction is yes. But mm. actually, I think that it might be equivalent. Yeah. I think that no matter what, we want that satisfying humph at yeah. the end of whatever we read. Like that was the end of an essay, a short little essay. Right. And yeah. I find that as an essay writer, right. I do focus on endings a lot. Oh, yeah. A lot. Oh, yeah. More so that I feel like if I got to the end of my novel, I'd be like, all right. <laughs> it's up to you guys now. Take that for what you, you will. <laughs> and I feel like there's a little bit more like um, leniency from the reader in a longer piece mm. because they're like, okay, I've been with you. Yes, I want to feel good about this, but also like... You've done enough work. Yeah. You've done the work. <laughs> You've done the work. I'm here for you. <laughs> is that why uh, Finnegan's Wake is mid-sentence? Let's hear it. Maybe. <laughs> perhaps. We've all just been like, all right. You're no, tired. I don't I'm know. tired. I We're actually, tired. I confess I have never read Finnegan's Wake. So It's been many, many, many moons I, for I me. saw this and I was like, what does this mean? Away, alone, a last, a loved, along the... I mean... I don't get it. The the <laughs> Courtney's read it. Does it the fit? Blank. Does it fit? It's been. I honestly sure. She doesn't know. I don't remember. All right, last one. Last you, one. You have one. Right? This one is actually quite yeah. appropriate for for right now. <laughs> a, a perfect ending to this blog, uh, if you will. <laughs> um, so just a little context. This is from um, Joanne Beard's "The Boys of My Youth" and uh, an essay. This is the end of the fourth state of matter. Um, and she's sitting on the couch with her dying dog. Uh, when I think I can't bear it for one more minute, I reach down and nudge her gently with my dog arm. She rises slowly, faltering, and stands over me in the darkness. My peer, my colleague. In a few hours, the world will resume itself, but for now, we're in a pocket of silence. We're in the plasma pause, a place of equilibrium, where the forces of the earth meet the forces of the sun. I imagine it as a place of silence, where the particles of dust stop spinning and hang motionless in deep space. Around my neck is the stone he brought me from Poland. I hold it out, like this, I ask. Shards of flying wings suspended in amber. Exactly, he says. Oh, man. She's so good at the imagery, man. I have so many feels about all of that (laughs) that I can't even begin to... I know. We can't even express to our listeners. Just go and read the essay. It's called The Fourth State of Matter. I assign it to all of my students always. And I'm like, just read this and try. (laughs) Try. Try to live up to our next guest. Yeah. Um, She's going to help us get to the bottom of how to write a good ending. So stay tuned.
Welcome back to the Interloop Radio. We've been discussing writing endings, and Courtney and I are thrilled to welcome a very special guest to help us get closure. I hope. (laughs) (laughs) She's here for us. We are actually so pleased to welcome one of our mentors from Sarah Lawrence College, Joanne Beard. Uh, Joanne is an essayist and creative nonfiction writer. Um, fiction occasionally dabbles, <laughs> author of In Zanesville, a novel, and The Boys of My Youth, a collection of autobiographical essays, as well as essays and articles published in many prestigious magazines, journals, and anthologies. <laughs> <laughs> um, and also just an awesome human being. Welcome, Joanne. Hi, thank you. So, Joanne, when I was thinking about this show, you were the first writer to come to my mind when I thought about writing endings. Can you tell us your secrets? Oh, I don't think I have it. Don't you have them all written down that you can pass on to generations to come? It's it's kind of, it's, um, no, I don't. (laughs) I don't have anything wise to say. I'm game to be part of the conversation, but I don't feel like I have any wisdom where this is concerned, at least in my own work. I mean, I'm, I'm a great appreciator in... Um, other people's writing and endings, etc. But um, no, it, it feels a lot like all other aspects of writing, which is that there's an element of magic to it. Mm. That's funny. That phrase was exactly what was going through my head mm-hmm. as you were speaking. It is There's something magical when you get to the ending of your own story and you recognize it. It's this magical moment. Yeah, and I think that there's a difference um, between writing essays slash memoir kinds of uh, prose writing and writing fiction where you can simply make it up. (laughs) I say simply, it's not simple, but you can make it up. But when you're writing about something that actually happened in in the real world, Mm -hmm. um, you have to take at least a a version of the truth and find a way to make it feel like I said to Rachel before, somehow psychologically inevitable mm-hmm. in the story. Because you don't it you don't want the writer to feel like, whoa, that came out of nowhere. Mm-hmm. Um you want the reader to feel surprised, yes, but also to feel that it couldn't possibly have happened any other way. Mm-hmm. And if you've done your work, when you're writing the essay, memoir type of piece, um, then it will be inevitable. So you because as a writer... essentially it was inevitable, because <laughs> chances are you lived it. Mm-hmm. So you didn't have any other options because fate didn't give you any others. <laughs> <laughs> well, you do have options, ah. but um, you have to choose the right one. <laughs> That's where the skill comes <laughs> Right? In. Got it. Yeah. How do you do that? But, I mean, to go off of the excerpt that you read of my work, mm-hmm. um, so it's based in truth, right? I mm-hmm. mean, it really happened. But in that moment of my life, did I think that thought? No, I doubt Mm -hmm. if I did. And if I did, I wouldn't have taken notes on it. And so 
it doesn't really matter what I was actually thinking in that moment, but you create a character for yourself, Mm -hmm. and then you put the character in the place that you were, and then you try to connect some of the other dots in the story, and you try to, in your final throes of writing, (laughs) illuminate something that hasn't been illuminated yet. Mm. And I don't really like to analyze my own work, but it's been that piece was written so long ago mm-hmm. that I feel like, oh, it's sort of interesting to hear the end of it read to me like that. So <laughs> I can like take a moment and analyze my own work. And I would say one of the things that was sort of interesting to me in what you read was the idea that the dog, who's a collie, was described as a colleague Yes. So in that final <laughs> moment of the story, the dog is linked because there are two separate threads going right. through the thing. One is the dog and the divorce, and the other separate thread is the workplace shootings, mm-hmm. So, um, which I guess also qualifies as a school shooting now. Mm. Um, but, but in that final moment, to link those two things was pretty interesting mm-hmm. by just the word colleague mm-hmm. and collie. Um, but was I aware of doing that? No, I'm aware of it now. When mm-hmm. I hear it, I go, oh, I didn't even know that I did that because I didn't and because I didn't do it on purpose. But the reader's mind mm-hmm. will go there. Mm-hmm. So it truly is a collaboration between reader and writer in that moment. And then the other thing that I was going to say about that is um, the the other thing was allowing or asking the essay to end on the voice of uh, Chris Gertz, who mm-hmm. was killed in mm-hmm. that shooting. And that I think that I did do deliberately, just thought, you know what, I think that that's a fine way to end it, not on this sort of elegiac, on-purpose um, thing about the plasma pause and the fourth state of matter, mm-hmm. but to end it actually with his voice was something that made me feel better mm-hmm. since I was, you know, also... Um, as many nonfiction writers do, I was I was um, in writing about people that I knew. I was also exploiting them in a certain mm-hmm. way. Sure. So, it you know it served that purpose for me in that moment, I guess. Well, and it 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 enables him in a way to his as you said his voice to keep being heard, right? Right. Yeah. Right. Um, what happens, Joanne, if an ending doesn't come? Has this ever happened to you? (laughs) (laughs) Have you ever been writing an essay? (laughs) (laughs) Um, yeah, that happens to me all the time. (laughs) I mean, so then do you just discard the rest of the work or do you have to go back and restart everything from there? Like if the ending is inevitable and then it doesn't come, are you just like, wow, well, this was... (laughs) Forget that. Well, I don't do either of those two things, but (laughs) what I do is I wait. And frequently, I have to wait for a very long period of time. Mm -hmm. Um, Like when I say a long period of time, I mean a really long period of time. Like years. 
years. Mm. And in one case, at least, more than a decade. Mm -hmm. But I understood why I was waiting. I understood that there was some kind of, um, there was something I didn't know. Something didn't make sense to me in the piece, and so I could Mm. never finish it. And finally, I lived longer. I had more life experience. And I thought, oh, I get it. I understand exactly why X, Y, Z wasn't working in that piece. And um, Hmm. I sat down and and finished it. But I never could have done it before that because I didn't have the knowledge required. Mm -hmm. And any ending that I would have put on it wouldn't have made psychological sense to the reader because it wouldn't have made sense to me, the writer. Mm -hmm. Do you think that that's a source of failure for new writers who are trying to, you know, force material out there? I find myself doing this. Like, I'm like, oh, man, I just want to get this done. I was going to say, I have a little story about a deadline I had for a a class at Sarah Lawrence, and Mm -hmm. I had to get this piece to Vijay for my uh, thesis, and I just threw an ending on but it felt so forced and he didn't say anything about it except I wonder about this ending or, you know, whatever (laughs) Jay says. Um, And I went back to it and just scrapped the thing that was, that I was trying so hard to get at and like, it wasn't fitting. Like you're saying, Joanne, it just didn't make sense. And I just like scrapped it and ended up in ending it in a completely different direction. And it was the emotional, um, revolution of the of the piece. It was the thing that sort of like brought brought the emotion around back again. Instead of trying to make it make sense, mm-hmm. right? So you had to wait for it, right? And having that patience is really hard, and especially in a situation like you you have to turn it into somebody. Mm-hmm. But um, also, it's possible. I think that the act of actually turning it in causes you to read it with somebody else's eyes and and may make it possible for you to get at the thing that, you know, to get at Mm -hmm. what it really needed to be. Mm -hmm. Like, so you have to humiliate yourself. Right. (laughs) That's so true. (laughs) That I'm familiar with. Yes. Oh, man. Um. So do you have, uh, like, some sign to yourself that you know when the story is over? I mean, we talked about it being a magical moment. But do you, like, what is your experience with ending a story? Do you recognize it halfway through where you're going? Or does it just come at the last second? Well, since a lot of my writing, in fact, um, all of my writing is based on my own personal life experience, I generally have a sense when I start of what I'm I'm of of what happened and mm-hmm, what I'm going to be mm-hmm. writing about. So I typically write toward whatever um, ending that event had in my life. But but I I find that a lot of times um, that's not that relevant as I as I write mm-hmm. the story. Other things generally emerge Mm -hmm. and the the story that I had in mind actually isn't the story that is the important one to tell and yeah I've had several experiences where I'm writing toward 
a particular ending, mm. and then I realize, no, that's <laughs> that's not, you know, that's even though it felt momentous to me, through the writing of the piece, I realized that something else has greater meaning. Mm. And there is a tell for me when I'm getting close to the end of something. I start, um, I start having this experience where I actually feel my heart pounding and my mouth goes dry. I think that's called a panic attack. <laughs> it doesn't feel like that. It feels like unbelievable excitement yeah. that I'm getting out mm-hmm. from under whatever it is. Yes. Mm-hmm. Because, you know... Things I write very, very slowly because it's not easy for me. Mm-hmm. And so if a if a twenty page essay takes me, you know, anywhere between one and five years to write, then if I'm actually writing it and I go, Oh my god, I'm almost to the end <laughs> I feel so excited yeah. at the idea that I'm gonna be done, <laughs> that I'm gonna have a finished piece of work and that I'm going to be able to do something else with my time besides <laughs> not write, but feel guilty about not, not writing. Right. Absolutely. <laughs> it's very exciting, and I can't stress that enough. I'm not exaggerating at all. I, I totally connect no, with that. I think that's a great note to end on. <laughs> yes. Thank right. you. Right toward the excitement of being done. Yes. Exactly. <laughs> thank you so much for being on the show, Joanna. It was such a pleasure. It was really great to hear from you. Thank you for having Having me. Happy holidays, Joanne. Thanks. Up next, uh, Courtney and I rewrite a Christmas classic. Stay tuned. Welcome back to the Interloop Radio, broadcasting live at the Line Hotel in Washington, D.C. We turn now to our writing exercise portion of the program. Your favorite, our favorite, everybody's favorite. We know you love it. <laughs> Courtney and I have decided to tackle the classic of all classics. For this time of year, anyway. Twas the night before Christmas. Ta-da! Now, my daughter's only two years old, so... Oh, there's a puppy! There's doggies Sorry. walking through the lobby. Um... <laughs> So I cannot remember the last time I actually read this story, but it's hella long. It is long. And it's... Because it's supposed to put it's the kids really to like bed a poem. on Christmas Eve so that their parents can stay up putting the toys together and wrapping shit. <laughs> <laughs> it's, and it's like a poem. It's in verse. It's... I mean, for any children listening, helping Santa with the wrapping. Hmm? What? Just... Oh. <laughs> No children are listening after your penis jokes in the A block. Um, (laughs) Anywho, Courtney and I decided to um, rewrite. Well, we didn't quite get to the end because it's so long. But basically rewrite the ending of Twas the Night Before Christmas. And I went... To a very dark place. I don't know what's gotten into me. Huh? I did do an end portion. You did an end? I did an end. Well, 
Okay, so I'm going to read the original opening. Okay. And then I'm going to read my very dark ending. Okay. And then Courtney's going to pick it up with a with a up note. She's going to bring us up after I bring us down a little. <laughs> Creeper. And I just apologize ahead of time for this. <laughs> oh, man. This is supposed to be, like, joyful. I know, holiday. and it's really not. I'm oh, sorry. Man. Okay. All right. Uh, <clears throat> Twas the <laughs> I haven't heard this. Twas the night before Christmas when all through the house not a creature was stirring, not even a mouse. The stockings were hung by the chimney with care in hopes that St. Nicholas soon would be there. The children were nestled all snug in their beds while visions of sugar plums danced in their heads. <laughs> oh, God, and here she comes. No. Um... And Mama, in her kerchief, and I in my cap, had just settled down for a long winter's nap. When out on the lawn there arose such a clatter, I sprang from my bed to see what was the matter. Away to the window I flew like a flash, tore open the shutters, and threw up the sash. The moon on the breast of the new-fallen snow gave a luster of midday to objects below. When what to my wondering eyes should appear but the red and blue colors of police far too near. The lights. Oh, this is her part now. <laughs> <laughs> the lights danced on the snow, and my heart beat too quick. For what reason, I don't know, but I was quite sick. For some families, those colors mean safety from fear, but tales of shootings or jail time is all I hear. My brother, my uncle, my father, and friends, my sister, my auntie, my mother, and kin. To the back of the house, to the back of the hall. Now hide away, hide away, hide away all. Oh my god. <laughs> Here's a nighttime story, kiddos. <laughs> so I was just thinking, what would I see? What's the most likely thing that I would see outside my house at night? <laughs> it was police. Now, I don't have that relationship to police, but I think that many people do. Yeah, I mean, that's, that's, a, that's heavy. I'm sorry. No, I mean, it was very well done. <laughs> very well done. Um, okay. Now Courtney's going to lighten the mood for us. So I'm going to skip that. down to the end part where he's like, been a jolly elf and everything's okay. Uh, everything's okay, kids. <laughs> <laughs> um, and uh, in my version, Santa has a little mishap as he's trying to leave. So he... Did you really like rewrite the whole thing? What? No, just the end part. Oh, okay. I mean, yeah. Yeah. Okay, bit. go ahead. All right. <laughs> uh, so, la, 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 la. All right, so I'll say, with a wink of his eye, this is the real part, right? Yeah. With a wink of his eye and a twist of his head, uh, he soon gave me to know I had nothing to dread. He spoke not a word, but went straight to his work, filled all the stockings, then turned with a jerk. And here's where I come in. Wrapping a cane on the fireplace while shimmying up on his boot, <laughs> he loosened a lace. Well, I thought all would be well for the night. It seemed as if St. Nick gave another fright. Here he was now, all chubby and tangled, not to mention my mantle surely mangled. I jumped to my feet with the first thought in mind, stuck the fire prod right on his behind. With a yowl and a scoot <laughs> up the chimney, he then did shoot. So you assaulted Santa, and I am the bad one in this scenario. I didn't assault him. I just was like helping him up. He was stuck, uh -huh. you know? Uh-huh. <laughs> Merry Christmas, everybody. Oh, ho, Santa's ho. hurt. <laughs> Santa's hurt and someone's arrested. That's great. <laughs> 
Well, that's our show on that delightful ending to our ending show. Just listen to the first half. Ignore us. <laughs> Join us uh, next season yeah. uh, right here on Full Service Radio or on your favorite podcasting app for more literary fun. To find more about us or submit to read at our next event in 2020, visit us at www.theinnerlooplit.org. Today's episode was produced by me, Rachel Kuntz, and our theme music is by Andrew Logan. Thanks again to Joanne Beard for joining us on the show. If you enjoyed today's episode, please leave us a review on <laughs> iTunes, SoundCloud, or any other streaming site you choose. You <laughs> choose to use. Choose to use. <laughs> got rhymes in my head, rhymes in my bed. Hey. You can All tell right. us what you think of our Twas the Night Before Christmas <laughs> <laughs> renderings or don't. Uh, but podcasts thrive on reviews like yours, so take the time to tell the world why you love us. And don't forget to subscribe. Subscribe. Subscribe and never miss an episode. Happy writing, everyone. And happy holidays. Thanks for listening to this program on Full Service Radio, broadcasting and recording from the Line Hotel in Adams Morgan, Washington, D.C. Full Service Radio programming can be accessed live and archived on fullserviceradio.org. Our talk programming is available on most podcast apps like iTunes and Stitcher, and our DJ sets are available on mixcloud.com slash fullserviceradio. Full Service Radio features over 30 weekly shows and over 50 local hosts covering every topic imaginable. If you want to be a guest or get involved, email us at info at fullserviceradio.org. Follow us on Twitter at fullserviceRDO, on Instagram and Facebook at Full Service Radio. Thanks for listening.